When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 141. Today's episode is all about breaking through fear, anxiety, and other mental blocks. Contrary to what society teaches us, the truth is everything is created from the inside out, not outside in. Wherever you are, if you look around, everything that you see with your physical eyes was first created in someone's mind held to as an idea until it gained thought form and then held upon intentionally and taken action on until it literally was created in reality. So nothing is happening outside in, right? And the reason this is really important to remember is because it doesn't matter what's happening in the economy. I'm not saying deny reality, but I'm not changing my outcomes based on reality, I may change the way I'm delivering them. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends. First of all, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you're always updated about new episodes. Plus, subscribers and reviews are really, really helpful to me, and it's a really easy way to give back if this content is helpful to you. So I just want to give a shout out to someone who left me a recent review that really touched my heart. Katarina says, I have been listening to this podcast for a few months now. Every single episode has been so unbelievably helpful. The insight Melissa has and the authenticity is palpable. I'm grateful for this podcast, what it's helping me heal and supporting my growth. I love this podcast. Thank you so much, Melissa. Well, thank you so much, Katarina. It means so much to me to read things like this. So if you're out there and you haven't left a review yet, I would be so appreciative if you did. But of course, sending you all my love either way. And now into the good stuff. When it comes to our goals and our dreams, most of the time we know what we really need to do. We're just not doing it. Either we talk ourselves out of it or we procrastinate or we chicken out and then we spiral. Every time we manage to avoid doing those things that will move us closer to our dreams, we're building a self-belief against our own success. A belief like, I'm not fit for success, or people like me don't make it that far, or if only I came for money, I'd have a leg up, or maybe I just don't have what it takes. And it's these beliefs that subconsciously drive our lives. The crazy thing is, a lot of times, we don't even know that we have these beliefs, let alone realize that they are subconsciously dictating our entire lives. And sometimes the way these beliefs are created is more subtle than you'd think they'd be. Growing up, I knew I was going to be successful. I was the kind of kid who got straight A's and finished my work before everyone else. I was really good at taking tests. So with every new assignment, I got even more confidence. But then life happened. Traumas happened, difficult life events, 
I had to create my own structure instead of it being handed to me by my parents or teachers. I started building evidence for my distraction and my laziness and my ADD. So all the decisions we make create our life both directly and indirectly because we have the direct consequences and we're building these self-beliefs along the way. So here's an example. Say that you have an idea to, say, start a YouTube channel and then you keep putting it off. Every day that you let go by that you're not taking action, you're building more evidence that you're not the type of person who takes actions on your dreams. But here's the really interesting part. Often these self-beliefs aren't new. They're just reinforcing a seed that was planted way back when we were a kid. We're being driven by a subconscious behavior that started in childhood and then just reinforcing that belief and making it stronger over and over again throughout our lives. When I started Mind Love, it was really the first time in about a decade that I really started to break my own blocks. But it didn't start the day that I launched the podcast. I had to start rebuilding my whole self-belief system before my mindset would really even let me make progress. And it's not just something that you do once and you're golden forever. It's kind of a lifelong process. I have to have this extra sense of awareness when I'm putting things off or when I'm holding fear of my next level of success. But there's one major thing that's different. Before, I doubted myself in general. I doubted if I was capable. Now I know that self-doubt is normal and it's something that can be worked through. I know I'm capable of anything. I just need to change my perception and process my fears so that I can shift my mindset. So how do we release these blocks or even find out what they are in the first place? Wouldn't it be great if we could just choose to let go of all this baggage we've picked up over the years and start fresh? Well, that's what we're talking about today. Our guest is Mia Hewitt. She's a human potential expert and she's co-owned and operated a seven-figure business. She's an international speaker and she's a world-class business coach. She's also the founder of Aligned Intelligence or AIM, which is a methodology that removes all your blind spots, fears, anxieties, and self-doubt so that you feel empowered and make better decisions overall. Three key things we will learn are how to identify your own mental blind spots, how our egos create our own glass ceiling, and how to stop using force and start using your real power. But before we dive in, do you wish you had a little reminder to help you stay aligned each day? Just sign up for the Morning Mind Love for daily inspirational messages right to your inbox. I get messages from people every single day about how the Morning Mind Love is their favorite way to start their day, or that the message that came through is exactly what they needed to hear. It's kind of like your own personal inspiration oracle. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do, like a free guided binaural affirmation meditation designed to rewire your brain to your highest self. And you'll get one of my favorite tools, a booklet of my personal power list to help you gain clarity and live each day with intention. And it's all completely free. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, text the word MORNING to 33777. That's MORNING to 33777. And now let's welcome Mia Hewitt to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's going to be fun. So first off, let's give listeners a little background on you. How did you become a coach? What led you to what you're doing now? Absolutely. Um, So I grew up poor. 
Um, and I was like so committed at 13 years old. Um, my dog died because our house was so infested with fleas. They literally sucked the blood out of him. And I remember making a decision at 13 that I didn't know how I was going to become wealthy, but I wasn't going to be poor. And so it was really like so adamant in me that I was going to learn how to do this and then I would give it to the world. And so um, I built my first um, brick and mortar business. I um, built a multi-million dollar brick and mortar. And then um, now I've done it again online. I've built a multi, uh, a million dollar, not multi yet, but million dollar business online. So now I have actually both models and how I got here is um, when I grew my first business, I really, mostly I got to this point and I really thought like growing up poor, I had told myself for so long that if I could just become wealthy, that then like I felt like all my problems would disappear and I would be like, you know, I don't know. I, I had this really weird fairy tale imaginary thing of like, I was going to stop you know, worrying. I would have all the confidence in the world. I was going to be so like proud of myself and praise myself. And, it, and when I got there, that's not how I felt. <laughs> and I remember kind of being um, let down, kind of like disappointed, like, like really is, is this all there is? Like I really reached a point of like questioning my life. And it wasn't that I wasn't grateful. Cause I know I tell this story all the time and I get some people are like, Oh, how can you not be grateful? But it wasn't that I wasn't grateful. I just couldn't understand how I looked like a success on the outside, but inside I felt like a failure. Like I didn't feel free. Right. And so I, and I was looking for freedom. Like that's what I wanted since I was really little, um, always feeling like I was always trying to survive and I didn't ever feel that way. So um, long story short, I went and spent about a half a million dollars and um, worked with the best and the best in the industry. I've been coached by some amazing people and inside of my coaching with them, ultimately they would come to a place where they would say, and I would say, well, I just don't feel like I'm getting it. Like I know what you're saying logically, but emotionally, I don't feel that. Inevitably, they would end up saying to me, well, just think differently. Now, Melissa, if I could have thought differently, let me tell you, <laughs> I would have done that a long time ago. <laughs> and I didn't need to spend a half a million to try to figure that out. Like I was just pissed. And I remember the last guy I um, worked with, he just got frustrated with me. And it wasn't that I wasn't coachable. I really am. But he didn't know what to do with me. I didn't really know why it wasn't working. And I remember him saying to me, you know, Mia, you just need to go in your room and lock the door and not come out until you figure this out. And I remember thinking like, that's like when the ghetto side of me comes out. Cause you know, I did grow up in the, in the poor section. I remember thinking, I didn't need to pay you no $50,000. Tell me that, you know, I, remember, I was just so pissed, but it really was a blessing in disguise because I became so committed that day, like uh, really committed. I'm not an, uh, an overnight success. It took me six years. What I can do for people in eight weeks, it took me six years to uncover. Wow. So what was it when you were sitting there and you're like, I, okay, I know it logically, but emotionally yeah. you don't feel it. How did you end up connecting those things? What was missing? Oh, that's a great story. Like that's a, like even a great question. And it's a great story on how I got there because in every single one of everybody I always talk to feels the exact same way. It's like they know logically what to do, but they 
don't know what to do, how to stop feeling emotionally how they feel. So what I uncovered was that like basically prior, like when we're born, we are all babies are born whole, perfect and complete. Like there is not one baby was born with a self-esteem issue, not one. And then what happens is as a child begins to grow and explore their world, they explore and their trust is built on a foundational emotional feeling of that trust, right? And when the trust is broken and when that is broken, they will experience, all children will have this happen. Everybody's had this happen to them. They will experience an emotional trauma where what it feels like is they went into an experience that they didn't even know was possible because in their world, everything's always been for them. Everything's always like we trusted ourselves, we trusted others, and we trusted life. And then something happens. Something happens that we never saw coming and it blindsides us and it shocks us, confused us, makes us feel like there must be something wrong with us. Because back then when we're little, it's, it happens between, I've had someone as young as 15 months, but the average is around um, three or four years old. I get a lot of four-year-olds, four to five, but it can happen anytime between like 15 months to eight years. And we don't, back then when this happens, we don't think these parents that we have that in our minds, those are God, right? Like they're not just parents. Like we don't, as little kids, we don't think, oh, mom's just having a bad day. You know, she'll get over it. We don't think that way. When mom gets upset or mom stops talking to us or dad hits us or dad screams or we see something really terrifying to us and we feel terrified, we break from who we really are as a wholeness and we become a way to survive our life which is also called the ego we become the smaller side of ourselves, and so then what happens to us is that emotional trauma the reason why then as we go through our lives from that day forward every negative like experience um, that we will experience from that moment on will be a deeper bigger version of the same pattern from our original trauma does that make sense it does make sense and it, mm-hmm. it is interesting because there's certain moments when I think of childhood and I, mm-hmm. well, first of all, I first remember hearing about how childhood wounds really affect us later on in life. And it seems so mm-hmm. simple that I remember logically kind of rejecting it for a while, but I can remember key points of like the first time I mm-hmm. felt like my mom didn't have something under control or the first time I saw like yeah. my parents cry or the first time that I felt like when my somebody told me we can't afford that. And, and my body went to the point of, uh, could we be homeless? Could we be that family? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, cause you don't really have mm-hmm. the scale or the spectrum of the yeah. severity of things. And so it does make so much sense that those things are still running the subconscious behaviors of our lives in the future. What do we do about it? Do we do we need to uncover those specific moments first before we're able to change them? Or how do we start to take back that control if we know that something like that has affected us? And if this is your first time giving your mind a little love, I have a few goodies for you. First, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And second, sign up for the Morning Mind Love. 
Think of it like a weekday oracle from your highest self to help you start each day with a positive focus. Plus, you'll get two gifts absolutely free, a 30-minute binaural meditation and 30 days of journaling prompts to help you remember who you truly are. So join over 9,000 people and go to mindlove.com to sign up or text the word morning to 33777. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. Do we need to uncover those specific moments first before we're able to change them? Or how do we start to take back that control if we know that something like that has affected us? Absolutely. Those are great questions because that's exactly why when we, who we are today, right? So I'm going to use myself. So for instance, um, now I'm 52, but at the time that I started really questioning all this, I was in my thirties. And I remember thinking like, I know logically what to do, but why is it that emotionally I can't go there? Like emotionally, I don't, I don't feel that way. And what it is, is emotionally, I was still five having that trauma all over, but consciously, right? So emotional, emotionally, I was, that's the subconscious consciously. I was in my thirties. So it, there was a disconnect between what I understood logically and what I felt emotionally. And that's the reason why we feel this way, because we can't think greater than how we feel. Can't so, think greater than how we feel. So if we don't actually, so how we have to do this, we actually have to go back to that original trauma. And the reason I say that um, is because when you when you see that exact trauma where you created it, then you can unravel it. Because the cool thing is, is time is just an illusion. There's no such thing as time. Um, you know, there really isn't a past and there really isn't a future. The truth is there's only now. But what we do as a way to explain something that happened is we will say there's a past. So we try to compartmentalize. But when we are feeling that, we're feeling it in the now. So the cool thing to answer your question is when we heal it in the now, we actually release it in the now as well. So it doesn't matter. Um, I think my the oldest person I've had so far come through my eight-week courses, um, a gentleman who was 69, and the youngest I've had so far is somebody who's 23. And I would say that one would say like, and everybody breaks free, everybody. So like, it's really fascinating, you know, when you say, well, wow, that person's been... <laughs> 
their trauma was when they were, he happened to be five. Um, and it's like, oh, he's 69. So it really doesn't matter how long they've had the trauma or how like it, right? It's not a time issue. But the reason why it works is because, because it's his specific trauma and it's her specific trauma. It's not like a generalization of a trauma. That's the reason why it really works because that individual is actually going back home, so to speak. Does that make sense? They get to be, they go back to who they were, um, the whole complete and perfect, the way they felt prior to the trauma. Right. It is, it is really funny how we identify with our ego so much more than we do our true selves. It's like, yeah. because our ego is the loudest and it's, it's the one mm. driving a lot of our behaviors and emotions. And, and we're like, this is who I am. When really, if we stripped most of those things, we'd actually find who we are. <laughs> it's like, exactly. that's been, that's been my mm -hmm. biggest journey is trying to figure out who I am beyond who I think I am. And it's, it's yeah. pretty interesting, though, because when we're caught up in this world or society that lives in the ego-driven place, mm -hmm. it's really hard to break free of that when you don't see other people breaking free of it either. And what I'm curious yeah. about is uh, there were so many things that I that's taken me years of personal development and spiritual work to really figure out where certain things came from, certain behaviors came mm -hmm. from. Uh, there are obvious traumas from my past, but then there's sometimes there's things that seem small when you speak it out loud, but it's something that affects you throughout your whole life. It's a pattern that you hold on to forever. And, mm -hmm. and we dismiss them when we think back to them. How do we identify those things specific to our journey that would be the most valuable for us to learn to process and let go of? I love that. So when we have the original trauma, when the original trauma happens, so whatever age we are, four or five, mine was at five. Um, what happens is when that trauma happens and we don't know how to process how we're feeling, we don't know how to process our emotions and we split, split is too hard of a word, but we feel like a disconnect and we hide um, you know, who we are, we think is there's something wrong with who we really are. So we hide that part and become the ego part to try to survive. What happens is that pattern then runs as an open loop in the background of our mind. So in truth, we're actually not creating all these different patterns. We're creating the same pattern over and over again with a different place, different face, different situation, but the same exact emotional feelings all over again. So we're really not creating anything ever newly, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. We just, we, we just keep regurgitating because it's all programming. Then everything that we're doing is just a programming of patterns. So what happens to us is, um, these routine programs become 95% of it is memorized behaviors from that experience that we never want to have happen again, our emotional reactions to that experience that we never want to have it happen again, our unconscious habits, our, our attitude we took on that day to try to never have it happen again, our beliefs and our perceptions that happened that day that we never want to have happen again. So in, in a sense, we then took on trying to control everything in order not to have that happen again, which only by the universal law of cause and effect creates more of the same patterns of a loss of control over and over and over again until we heal it. Once we heal that pattern, that open loop, 
and we close that loop, we can actually then create a new pattern and new patterns consciously um, and create our reality intentionally. What's interesting is that we feel like we have this control and we feel like the harder mm-hmm. we try, but it's the more that we create a resistance, it's like mm-hmm. the universe meets us with its own resistance. <laughs> Whereas if you were somehow to allow t- yourself to let go and go with the flow, you'd find yourself flowing to exactly where you needed to be. Is that right? Yes, because the most important question we can ask ourselves when we are wanting to create anything is who are we operating as, our ego or our aligned self? If we're coming from ego, it's never going to pan out for us. Like it's going to be a struggle, a fight, a resistance. It's going to, there's going to, it's never, the ego will never be enlightened. I just want to say that. Most people are trying to enlighten their ego. The ego is insecure. You're not, right? And so when we can really separate, you know, like who am I operating as? What what happens is we stop operating from the ego and we really start operating from our aligned self. And so what that looks like, and it's going to feel like I'm contradicting myself, but I say this all the time, but it, I'll, I'll explain it. What that looks like to create our reality intentionally is we become highly intentionally, right? So we decide and operate from the being of it's done. Like we, the other part of asking for or being intentional of what we want is the receiving of it. We have to actually expect the outcome. So we have to operate from being highly intentional highly committed, meaning being completely letting go of how we think it should happen, but being completely committed to doing whatever it takes, but giving up that it can only be one way. So I'm very moldable, flexible. Um, I've been an entrepreneur for 31 years and I've thrived in every market um, from learning from my mistakes of like how not. So it's the flexibility and the malleableness of myself is what allows me to, to thrive in any market. And then, so it's highly intentional, being highly committed and completely detached. And what I mean by that is not detached on the outcome that we get to have, but really detached on not making things mean anything, letting go of trying to control the way it happens um, and not taking it so serious. So in your journey of building your businesses, can you give an example of a time where or of how it actually, the process went of maybe things going completely differently or the process being completely different than you thought it would be to the outcome that you had very intentionally planned. I love that. Okay. That's a great one. Um, so, so when I started taking this on, you know, cause I am very practical, like I operate a results based project based business where we operate, my team and I operate inside of 90 days. So I'm very practical. Okay. <laughs> And so when I say this, I remember when I was taking this on in the very beginning, when I was making the switch from being so, because I, I grew two, bus- um, you know, two businesses. My first one, I grew through ego and survival. And it was not fun. You know, you can build, you can make millions in survival for sure. People do it all the time. You do burnout and, you know, there's been a lot of crazy things that happen from that, but you can do that. I don't suggest it, but it, it is totally possible. And then I've done it completely the opposite from flow. But I remember in be, 
when I was bridging, when I was really starting to like let go of trying to control everything. And I really was taking on what I'm telling you right now. And I'll tell you this great story. So I remember starting to like really get the hang of creating, you know, my reality intentionally and what it really looked like. And so I decided I was going to create $30,000 and I wanted to create it in 10 days or less. Now I had no idea how I was going to do that. But I was going to take on that if you can create your reality and it has nothing to do with time, which it doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with time as it's an alignment issue, not a time issue. I was like, okay, let's play. Let's play this 10, you know, I'm going to create $30,000 in 10 days or less. That's what I said. So how I did it is, um, or what I did is I would go in the morning, I would get in alignment with myself. I would already see the outcome as being done. So completely intentional, committed to like whatever, whoever popped up in my mind, I was going to trust the download of exactly who I needed to reach out to. And then I was going to take action. So the first person that came to my mind, I literally went to, you know, my phone, text the person say, Hey, you totally came to my mind this now. I don't know why, but I have a feeling like I should talk to you. They were like, Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Like, thank you so much for thinking about me. Got on a call with that person. She was struggling with something she hired. Okay, perfect. So then the next, the, you know, the next day I was like doing the same thing. I get into alignment. I'm like, and then this girl, this image pops into my head and here comes my ego. So I'm just going to show you this. I'm like, there's no way she has any money to hire me. Like, this is not going to work. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and then I literally caught myself and I was like, no, you said you're going to be highly intentional, fully committed, let go of control, detached from any meaning. And she's the one who lit up for you. You need to, you know, like, okay. And I was like being a little bit of a resistant child, you know, I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to go through the motion, but I don't know why I'm doing this. It doesn't make any sense to me. I know this girl doesn't have the money to hire me. Why am I wasting my time? <laughs> so I, I reach out, same thing. I was on, you know, I'm always really honest. So I said the same thing. You totally came to my mind. I have no idea why I'm calling, you know, why would we, why I, I feel the urge to reach out to you, but there's something that's saying that I need to connect with you. How are you doing? You know, do you, do you have like seven minutes to talk? So I get on the call with her. And she's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for coming. And she's telling me everything that's wonderful in her life. And I'm like, okay, this is, I can't, I mean, I don't force or convince anybody of anything. So I'm like, I can't, there's nothing for me to do with her. So I'm like, I don't know why I'm on this call. I remember like literally battling in, in my own head back then, you know, because <laughs> I didn't really fully trust the process. And so I'm battling myself. And then right before I go to hang up there, I didn't realize she was in her car and the door opened. There was like some energy shift. And I remember saying, you know, oh, it seems like she, her energy shifted. I'm like, oh, is everything okay? And she's like, oh, she goes, I'm the, oh, I'm so sorry. She's like, my, my boyfriend just got in the car and, you know, he's really skeptical about these kind of things. And I said, oh, awesome. I said, you know, hey, boyfriend, cause I was on speaker. I said, hey, boyfriend, can I, you know, can I offer you something from one, you know, person who used to be extremely skeptical, just like you to another. And he kind of laughed and he's like, sure. And I said, hey, you know, you really want to get curious about all those things that you think are making you money that are not. You want to get really skeptical about those. And then he laughed and he was like, hey, you know, I like you. I want to talk to you. So we set up a time to talk the next day and he was the one who hired me. So I created $30,000. There was one other person right after him. I created $30,000 in seven days. 
since then I've created a lot more than that, but but like, that's like the earliest memory. Now it's all from flow. Like I don't battle in my mind anymore. (laughs) I also am like, you know, I also have a, you know, a Facebook funnel and my, you know, my traffic is driven through funnels and so forth. So I'm not like reaching out to people. Um, So that, you know, people come into my inbox and schedule stuff on a regular basis. So, but I just, it's fascinating to me. Right. Um, But it does that answer. It's like where you think like, oh my gosh, like you battle and you think there's no way like why am I getting on the call with this girl and then I never would have put two to like I would have never in a million years known that it was going to be her boyfriend never yeah it's so interesting because it is really difficult to (laughs) do things without being sure of the outcome sometimes and Mm -hmm. that goes against really what it means to be an entrepreneur you really got to work on (laughs) pushing through that because you don't have, you don't go into a job and people say, oh, do these nine tasks and you're getting paid today. No, but it's Mm -hmm. also exciting because it's like, what can you think of where you can get paid soon? (laughs) And Mm so they have their pros and cons, but when you were telling him, be curious about the things that you think are making you money, what did you mean by that? I was like, so engrossed in that story. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard, and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says, (laughs) and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small, and when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MindLove. And now for another episode of Lies We've Been Told About Our Health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. 
Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. When you were telling him, be curious about the things that you think are making you money, what did you mean by that? I was like so yeah. engrossed in that story. Yeah. Well, because the, the fascinating thing about how life really works is we don't actually learn anything new, right? So from that ego inception, we're not really doing anything new. It really becomes the paradigm, like what actually is happening to us is that we're just reliving over and over again. And the, the reason why we can't create a new result is because inside of to get something new, we would have to do something totally different. And the way the mind works is once the mind, and this is like the, you know, the ego part of ourselves, once our mind decides it has a problem, it will go to work to protect the problem. So its whole job is self-preservation, survival. Um, so the problem is that the way to actually go from a surviving mindset to a thriving mindset is an entirely different model of the world. It's not like a, a small different model. It's a universe different, right? I mean, and so what oftentimes like when people, like when they first come to me, the first thing I have to help them start to let go of before we even begin is to let them know I'm going to challenge your entire paradigm of belief of what you think is true. And, you know, success is counterintuitive. It's actually backward. If it was common sense, success would be common. So I'm going to have, I'm going to challenge everything you think about business. I'm going to challenge, I'm going to ask you to take on a beginner's mind and truly let go of the box, like really let go of the box. And then what I'm, what I actually have them take on is I want you to first understand how to learn in order for you to learn something new. You're going to have to know the difference between when you're actively listening versus passively listening. So actively listening is when it's all about when you're fully present and you're actively recreating what I'm saying and internalizing it into your mind and your emotions and your actions. Passively listening is when you're sitting back and you're like watching me on a movie the movie screen and going, oh, I don't agree with that. No, no. Um, no, I, oh yeah, that, yeah, I, I, I know that. I know that. Or like you're either agreeing or not agreeing, you're accepting or rejecting, but you're either way, you're just watching because even the acceptance when you say, oh yeah, yeah, I know that is still not really learning anything new. You just put like what people will often do because what I do for people is not been done. They're not, there's, but what they'll do is they'll want to come and they'll want to put what I'm doing into a box of something else. Like I don't teach meditation, right? I don't teach a way I actually heal. So a lot of times they'll be, they'll be like, oh, oh, like, so is this like this? And they'll want to put it in that box. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, I want you to hear why it's not like take on this differently so that you can really internalize it so that you can feel what I'm saying. It's a totally, it's the whole thing is experiential. Is that making sense? Melissa? I know it's a lot. <laughs> 
No, it totally is. It's it's interesting because it just makes me think so much about conversations that are had online these days. You don't see a lot of times where people are going onto social media and actually learning from what other people are posting. And I was uh, doing a little women's group recently. Well, I was, uh, I was actually hosting a little inner circle. It's one of my membership groups. And we were talking about uh, Mm -hmm. staying aligned while staying informed. And Mm -hmm. one of the things where that I've been practicing doing is, is just practicing not going on social media as, as a platform of anything, but to learn how other people experience the world. Like what if that was your experience with social media where every time you read a post, it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, this person's so wrong. Or, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they think that. Or, Oh my gosh, can I post the what's right? And instead learn, and you don't have to learn. You don't have to agree with what they're saying, but learn maybe how another human is. How can that make you better at your job or how can that make you a better friend or mother or whatever it is? And, and I love just practicing going into even just something as simple as a conversation to completely learn how the other person works instead of trying to imprint my view of the world, if that makes sense. So that's what I was just relating active versus passive listening. It's the same. It's exactly what you're saying. So I often tell people like, I want you to take on that you've identified yourself as your mind. And the truth is you have a mind, but you're not your mind. And when you can to, you can really start to put some space between that. Um, It's really, really important because what the mind does to protect those decisions of that, what we, what happened to us at four is it will generalize, like it will take whatever someone's saying to make it fit their model of the world, or it will distort it. It will distort something until it does fit into the model. Um, rather, so it's either going to generalize it, distort it or delete it. It'll just be like, oh, no, 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 that's not for me. That doesn't, you know, but exactly what you were just saying, if we will just take on, um, a neutrality and let go of making it mean anything and come from complete neutrality and curiosity, you will then do exactly what you were just saying. You will be able to see a person's perception of reality. You'll be able to see where they're really coming from. And the thing that I would just add to that is that, you know, agreement, when we acknowledge people, it doesn't mean agreement. I think the biggest thing that we, the reason why the ego doesn't want to ever acknowledge anything is because to acknowledge someone, we feel that we have to be wrong and they have to be right. And what I always ask my my clients to take on is that I want you to take on that acknowledgement doesn't equal agreement. It just means you really acknowledge wholeheartedly from neutrality and curiosity that this is what was their experience. That's what was real for them. But it doesn't mean that we're agreeing so that someone has to be right and someone has to be wrong. Does that make sense? Totally. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting too, because it's like, what does being right even really get us? Like it's, we think, (laughs) we think that the more conversations we can go into and prove our side correct, that we're going to be like stepping Mm -hmm. up this ladder when really it's kind of the opposite. The more that we can go in and be affected by what somebody else says and learn a little bit, whether or not that means about their opinion or just about how they are, that's when Mm -hmm. we're actually growing and kind of moving up a ladder. But But we think we're going to get like some ultimate satisfaction when really it's just a blip where you might have created more resistance between you and that person, you and who you could be. Maybe your your 
building up your walls even thicker so that it keeps you from expanding into yes. a fuller version of yourself. Absolutely. Because when we identify, like really what that is, is the ego part of ourselves. And what we've done is we've, you know, created an attachment to an identity to that's who we are. So when the, so to say that we're wrong makes it feel like we're going to die we don't, the ego is going to die. It feels like it's death to be wrong, right? It's not like it's just going to be like, oh, you know, really acknowledging someone else. It's like, we're going to die because we've, we've attached our identity to our mind. And when we can just really just like look lovingly at it and not really make it mean anything, um, the quicker we can do that, right? The, the quicker anytime we're, that what we get is anytime we're feeling stuck, stopped or frustrated, kind of going back full circle to why I said that to him, why he should get really, really, really start to, you know, get skeptical about those things is because anytime then that wherever we get stopped, stuck or frustrated or struggling, any negative emotion, it always means that there is something that we are not seeing that is a blind spot. It's always showing us where our growth really is. Always. That makes me feel really good because one of the practices <laughs> that I've done, that I've taken up during this whole lockdown process, uh, I've mm -hmm. created a new routine that one of my spiritual mentors, Gary Temple Bodley, taught me about just every night, choose one mm -hmm. time during the day that you experienced a negative or a positive emotion. And if it was a negative emotion, what was the limiting belief underneath that? And then to mm -hmm. process it by basically writing out anything that you can to prove that thing wrong. And so I've just taken up this little habit of trying to identify limit, limiting beliefs and sometimes really mundane moments of the day, but mm -hmm. sometimes that I felt badly or that yeah. I felt fear or that I felt anxiety. What was behind that? And it's funny because being in a situation where we're kind of locked down, there's not a mm -hmm. ton of these, as he calls them, manifestation events happening throughout the day. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and so I've got to pick really small things, which has been a really big blessing because you don't realize how much these things affect you. It's like we acknowledge the yeah. big things that cause some big trauma like a death yeah. in our life or like losing something big, but we don't really see how we're just relating to the world on a day-by-day -day basis with the mm -hmm. those mundane things. And so it's been a practice that's been really interesting, but you basically reiterated it in a way that feels a little bit more grounded than he explained it. So when we find those mental blind spots, what's your process for processing out of those so that they don't continue to subconsciously rule our behavior? Yeah, that's a great question. They're always going to be linked to our trauma. Like when you go down deep enough into them, every single one will be completely your trauma over and over again. You just have to go deeper into the hole of it, like <laughs> deeper down that rabbit hole. Um, but basically to answer your question is my aligned intelligence method, the what I help people do by them learning how to clear away the things that are all like whatever is stopping them getting stuck or triggered, anything that that's happening is the first thing they want to do is begin to um, pull back and learn to self-observe, right? So when they're observing themselves so that they can gain access and awareness. So they're going to pull back and you're going to ask yourself, like, what am I making this mean? Like, why am I triggered here? Like, why is this upsetting me? Why do, why do I feel overwhelmed or why am I feeling stuck or why am I triggered or why am I struggling? You're just going to ask, what am I making this mean? And then 
This is the detachment from the mind because you have to be able to detach from the identity of the ego to really get the truth of this. So you just detach and be this neutral observer and you separate the truth from the lie. Because for the negative emotion to be experienced, it contains a lie right? So we have to clear the misunderstanding or the misconception that's in the way that's holding the lie in place. So you just ask yourself, what's the truth and in, in what's the lie? Usually the lie is the one I start with first because it's the reason, it's usually the most they're closest to because they're triggered. So I'll say, well, what, you know, what's the lie about this? And then in order to see, they, you know, when you pull back, you can go, huh, like, okay, well, the lie is, and then they'll literally go into like, why, and, and then I'll ask them to go deeper in it. Why is that a lie? They'll see the lie. And then I'll ask them, why is that a lie? So they can really internalize the understanding. So it's not just about coping. We're not building a coping mechanism. We're actually clearing what's in the way so that we return to homeostasis or alignment within ourselves. So this isn't a coping mechanism in any way. So we, we clear, you know, what's the truth? What's the lie? Why is that a lie? And then like, what's the truth? If we haven't done that yet, what's the truth about this? And then, you know, I'll go into that a little bit more. What do you have to let go of? Because in order to get what you want, like you can't stay on the shore and get into the ocean. You're not going to stay at six, you know, doing the behaviors of six six figures um, as a business owner and get seven figures returns. You're going to have to let go of being a solopreneur and really start building a team because the truth is there's no self-made millionaire that didn't have a team. So it's about like letting go of control. Like you have to let go for some people. It's letting go of that. They have to be the superstar. Like, um, you know, like, the reason I can create seven and eight figure businesses is because I don't have any need to be the superstar. But if I have an under, and this is subconscious, right? But most people aren't aware of it. But if, if I have linked that my desire to build success to an identity that needs to be recognized, because that's where I think I'm getting my value from, then I'm not going to be able to let go of control to hire a players and people who are better than me, because that would threaten my identity, right? So we have to like really go into like, what's the lie? What do I have to let go of until we can get to a feeling of neutrality, right? When we know we've cleared the misunderstanding and misconception, because we will feel a no thing, a nothing, like a neutrality. And that's how we know we're free. And then once we're there in that neutrality, you can always then reflect, how was this more of my core trauma? <laughs> Because it's always going to be inside of that core trauma. But then inside of that, what is it from there? What's, what do I have to, what's the acceptance of truth that I have here? What do I have to accept? And then how am I going to apply this truth and go all in? Meaning like all in, like how do I want to feel um, and really go all in emotionally as I command my mind as the tool that it is such that I'm back emotionally into how I want to feel, feeling free, feeling fully me, feeling totally honoring myself, valuing myself, having that as my true emotional set point. And then I ask myself, all right, what are the actions I need to take from here? Because it's alignment first and then action. Does that make sense? I know that's a lot, but <laughs> oh, it totally does. I'm just like taking my own notes. Okay, one, one thing that's come up with people a lot where they've reached out and they're asking about 
a lot of uh, my listeners are budding entrepreneurs or, or they are yeah. entrepreneurs. And the time that we're living in right now has been a different experience of this entrepreneurship because I think for a lot of people, because there's so much unknown about even like when things restrictions are going to loosen up, what our future looks like, what's happening, mm -hmm. that it's hard mm -hmm. to be really intentional about an outcome with your business. And mm -hmm. so I'm even struggling with it a little bit now where I find it much easier to procrastinate or go really slow. And I guess also I'm pregnant and I'm dealing with a ton yeah. of fatigue. And so yeah. I've been having to process <laughs> yeah. a lot of the emotions of like, oh my God, I feel so lazy. Like, is it lockdown? It's like, yeah. no, you're pregnant and you're dealing with it. So <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But, um, but I know that several people have reached out with that same thing where it's just like, how do you get the motivation with all that we're going through? I was so motivated before all of this happened and now it just feels like that's mm -hmm. dwindling. Do you have any advice for people yeah. around that? Yes. So the first thing I want to say is contrary to what society teaches us, the truth is everything is created from the inside out, not outside in. So what I mean by that is wherever you are right now, and even wherever you're listening in from, if you look around to wherever you are, if you're in a building or in your car, wherever you are, if you look around, everything that you see with your physical eyes was first created in someone's mind, held to as an idea until it gained thought form and then held upon intentionally and taken action on until it literally was created in reality. So nothing is happening outside in, nothing, right? And the reason this is really important to remember is because it doesn't matter what's happening in the economy. I'm not saying deny reality. I'm definitely always aware of where, where everything is and how people are being impacted, but I'm not changing my outcomes based on reality. I may change my, the way I'm delivering them. So for instance, um, I had a client, I, had, I do a lot of online businesses. Um, they come work with me, online business owners, and I have a few brick and mortars, probably five brick and mortars. And I know one in particularly, like she used to have, uh, she had a paint store, right? Where you would come in and paint and that's what they, and right before when this hit, before it became big, before it had spread all through New York, you know, where it came in, just when it was just a little bit in the U.S., I immediately said to her, you're going to need to go online. Like this is going to shift. I, I had been telling her that her business model should be online anyway, because she could make a lot more money um, with less effort because her, pro, um, her overhead wouldn't be high. But, you know, she didn't want to really change that, which I totally respect. I'm just giving you, you know, I'm not attached to anything, so I'm just going to tell you the truth. <laughs> If you don't want to take it, it's okay with me, right? I'm, I'm only here to help people, you know, to the degree they want to really, you know, utilize their potential. But anyway, this came and she, I said, you're going to have to go online. And because she went online way before it became a big thing, I mean, she's thriving, like hugely successful online in painting. And that's just one of many, I could give you a zillion of those stories, but, um, just to, even not only in my own, the, the five people I've coached, because they've all been successful, but um, even just hearing of, you know, different people who around the United States who immediately shift the deliverables and the way they did. So they didn't change, like the outcome is was still the same. They just repurposed it or repackaged it or did it differently. So the flexibility is what it's required. So to answer your question twofold, 
it's not about denying reality, but really understanding that reality is created twice, once in the mind and then internalized in the emotions and then um, held to consistently, um, intentionally, and until it's materialized in reality. So it's actually created twice. And if you can remember that, that it's actually an inside-out world, not an outside-in, you're so far ahead of the game. Wow, there was so much wisdom in all of that. And I am probably going to go back and re-listen to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) But but thank you so much for everything that you shared today. I know that I I can just feel the wisdom in in the business building and and the understanding of reality. So for listeners that are interested in working with you or learning more about you, where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Awesome. Um, Well, they can always go to my website. It's Mia Hewitt and it's H-E-W-E-T-T.com. But I also would like to give them and gift them my free book. So you can, um, just for your listeners, so there's a special link they would have to go to, otherwise it's, there's a charge for it everywhere else. But if they go to this link, it'll be for free. They can download it, the ebook for free. It's miameantformorebook.com. And it'll ask for a password. And all they have to do is put in, it's all one word, free book, capital F, free book, all one word. Um, and they can get the, download the, the ebook for free. It really is the best thing. Uh, the book, I, I wrote this book because it was the book that I wish somebody had written for me a long, long, long time ago. I really share just fundamental truths. It's only truths in that book. And it's just packed full of truths. And I tell it through my own story. So I'm, I call myself in the book, um, my younger version, Sue, not to confuse the reader. Um, and then Mia is who I am, you know, obviously today. So it's a journey. If I could have had my, who I am today, coach my younger self, this is what I would have wanted. And I tell it in that way such that people can read it and they can hear them from themselves. So that's why I get so many people say, oh my gosh, I felt like you wrote my story because I really wanted the book that people could decide of really listening, right? And really being able to actively really get the value that I wanted them to get. I didn't want them to just be reading it as a movie screen. I wanted them to really get it for themselves. And so I wrote the book that I wish somebody would have given to me a long time ago. All the links from this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 141. So this week, I want you to think about where you're holding yourself back. What's something big that you want to accomplish that fear is getting in the way? And fear doesn't always feel like straight up fear. Sometimes it can be doubt. Sometimes it can be procrastination. Sometimes it's just laziness and putting things off. The root cause of those things tend to be fear. Fear that you'll be able to handle your success, fear that you'll be able to accomplish it in the first place. One of the biggest mindset blocks for me is it's really hard to get into the groove of the work if I'm not 100% confident that the work's going to pay off. Am I just going to waste a bunch of time? Are people going to listen? Are people going to find me? Will this be worth my time and effort, especially with all the other stuff going on? But what we humans tend to do is let these thoughts ruminate, which just makes them stronger. And that's what causes them to dictate our lives. 
It takes bringing attention to them, calling these things out. Sometimes it's as simple as saying it out loud to hear how ridiculous it sounds. There's a phrase that I love, name it to tame it. So sometimes it's just bringing a voice to these fears and these anxieties that allow us to see what's actually underneath the surface. Sounds kind of counterintuitive. You'd think that bringing a voice to it might make it stronger, but it's bringing that voice to it that's the first step to being able to reform that belief or consciously creating the opposite belief. So let me know how it goes. Share this podcast on Instagram by just taking a screenshot and tagging Mind Love Melissa, and let me know what you're working through. And if you ask me a question, I'll answer it on an Instagram story. So it's a little free mindset coaching. And as a reminder, one of the best ways to help this podcast, other than joining the premium membership, is by sharing the podcast with a friend or family member or coworker, or sharing it on a public platform like Instagram or Facebook. And if you want to go one step further, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's one of the best ways to help the podcast grow. It helps me get even better guests and higher profile guests, which obviously helps me grow the show. So thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into Your Higher Frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. Thank <laughs> you.